Welcome to the Voices of Ocean Parkway. I'm your host, Victor Zaytuni, and this is the podcast for every runner using running as a medium to connect to the rest of the world. Each week, I have the pleasure of sitting down with a member of our local running community and taking a deep dive into the running scene of OPR, New York City, and beyond. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your content. This week, I sit down with 50-time marathoner Adele LeBose. Like many amateur runners, her start was humble and with a health-driven goal. We spoke about the roundabout way she fell in love with the sport and sought to complete 50 marathons by her 40th birthday. Adele touches on many fun and entertaining stories from her marathon journey, and more importantly, she shares the power of friendship, family, and giving back to the community along every step of the way. Adele finds ways to make her racing a family fun endeavor and continues to use her passion as a means to support and give back to local organizations. I hope you enjoy hearing from Adele as much as I did. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Adele Abose. Hi Adele, welcome to the podcast. Hi Victor. We're so excited to have you on. I have to say, when I said in the last episode that you'd be our next guest, the number of people that messaged me saying they were so excited to hear why you started your goals was crazy. So why don't we start there? How did you start running? Uh, so that is very interesting. Um, in the beginning, um, I and people don't really know this about me because they didn't know me when I was younger, but I was a heavy child. And I would say by the age of nine, I probably started eating healthy and losing weight. For my older brother, um, Isaac, uh, he is a very big athlete and he would always like tell me, oh, you could do it, you could run with me, you could go with me. So I lived on Maplewood Avenue and he would take me just around Saxony. And like, that was a big deal, you know, when I was in like eighth grade and ninth grade. And then he's like, you know, Adele, you should run around Saxony and Old Farm Road. So then I started doing that and it was like three miles from my house every day. And that was just what I used to do just to be healthy. I have to say that he is the one that probably got me and started me in running. That's when you were younger. Yeah, it was like maybe I was in eighth grade, ninth grade. I was little. Nobody was like going out there. I mean, there was like those parents that would be speed walking that I would see all the time. But that was it. (laughs) Nobody was out there. And it's funny because like, I guess that's how it is now. We see that a lot, even when starting in your 20s or late teens or even 30s, like you always see like the older generation do it just power walking. Yes, that's what they were doing. And you started running so early. So then how did that transition into running, let's say, after high school and into real races? Right. So what happened was is that I got married pretty young and I just had one kid after the next kid. And in between all of that, I, you know, I used to go to classes and then I used to say like, you know, this is getting really difficult. I lived in Manhattan Beach. I'd have to go to the center to go to a class. I have to leave my house and then I have to find parking. And then this one hour class turned into a three hour class. And then, and at the time I had all these little kids and I was like, you know, this is not taking my hours or my, you know, my time. I'm not using mm-hmm. it to my best ability here. So I think, you know, in between having all my kids, I started just like running again, you know, six miles a day, you know, in between going through the classes at the center when I had that extra time. But Mm -hmm. that's how like, I just kept fit in between all of that. To get into the races, I'll never forget, I had my daughter Audrey, 9-10, 2001. 
And oh at God. the time I had my, I had Jack and Betty and I, Audrey was a baby. And I said, I was stuck in Deal. I gave birth in Deal. I couldn't get to the city. I couldn't get to Brooklyn, sorry, because mm -hmm. uh, the bridges were closed. The tunnels were closed. So I came home from the hospital. I was sitting in my mom's house. And then time after time, like we were just like, I got used to being in my mother's house with my kids. And then it happened to be the day of the marathon and my brother was there, my older brother, Isaac, that got me into running to begin with. And we're mm -hmm. watching the marathon on television. And he looked at me and he's like, you can never do that. Could you do that? I was like, could I do that? Are you trying to tell me that I can't do that? And Challenge he's like, challenging me. And I'm like, okay. And so I put it in the back of my head, like I banked it and mm -hmm. I didn't think about it. And it was something, it was a goal that I wanted to do. And I think I was just like so busy with the kids that I just didn't start or think about. It was like something that I wanted to do, but I knew that it was going to take me time because at that time I was only running six miles a day. And I, you know, I couldn't fathom 26.2 miles. This is 2001. Three years later, I had my daughter Fortune. And mm -hmm. I said, you know what? I'm done having my kids, you know, my, at the time, you know, parents, they're so worried about your stomach and your this and having babies mm -hmm. while you're running. So my mother's like, please don't run a marathon until you have, you know, until you have your kids. So fortune I had in August of 2004, I looked at my husband and I said, I'm, you know, I think I'm going to run the marathon next year. So I went online and, you know, I don't know anything. I'm like, okay, how do I run the New York city marathon? I look, I'm like, oh, there's no spots. How do you not get a spot? Like there's 20,000 people up? and I can't get a spot. How many people are crazy enough to want to sign up for this? Like this should be like easily accessible. Exactly. So I was just like so confused. I didn't understand. So I said to him, there's a charity Fred's team that I could get a number from, but it costs $1,800. I think it was at the time. I don't want a birthday present this year. This is what I want for my birthday. I want you to just donate the $1,800 and I want to run the marathon. So he's like, Adele, is that what you want? Okay, fine. Yeah. That was how I got my first race number to the New York City Marathon. Was that your first That race? was, no. So at the time I had a coach um, that I had found just from uh, a friend of a friend. And I haven't, I didn't run any races at the time. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to just jump into this marathon. He had... Mm -hmm told me, you know, Adele, it might be a good idea that you just do one New York City Roadrunner race before you actually do the marathon, because you're not going to know what it's like to yeah. run around thousands of people. And it's, at the time, it's like four kids under the age of six. I got to figure out who's going to watch them all in the morning so that I could <laughs> run out on a Sunday morning to the city to do a half marathon. Yeah. You know, I figured all the logistics out and he's like, okay. And so pick up your number and there's a bag check. And I'm like, okay. So I don't know anything. I'm coming to the Central Park. I have my bag that I go like to shopping with, like my Miu Miu bag. <laughs> and I go to yep. the bag check and I'm like, hi, I want, and I'm thinking it's going to be like a wedding. I, yeah, I'm like, you're getting your number, your yeah, coat exactly. check, the whole this thing. Is I don't know anything. And she's like, um, do you want me to check your pocketbook? And I'm like, uh, okay. So then I, I quickly take off my sweatshirt that I'm wearing and I wrap my pocketbook <laughs> in my sweatshirt and I tie it and... I run the race, no garment. I'm wearing my regular watch. I don't know anything, but I will say it definitely gave me a shock. I was like, oh my God, okay, this is what it is. And then I just went straight into the marathon. Although that marathon had a funny story. But... Oh, I'd love to hear that story. Um, yeah, so what happened was is that 
I started training and training and I got ahead of myself as usual. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget. It was like a, a few weeks before the marathon. And I was like, my, my leg is killing me. My leg is killing me. And I was like, oh God, I better go to the doctor. But you know, as a runner, you always want to believe that like you're going to wake up and all of a sudden it's like, there's going to be a miracle and the pain is going to go away. Yeah. And, and sometimes that does happen, but um, I just kept going. Like it was, it was getting to be very painful. So I said, all right, I, I really better go check this out with a doctor. And I went to the doctor and he's telling me that I, I'm, you know, I have a, you know, a, a slight fracture um, in my leg on my tibia. Oh no. And he's like, I, you know, I don't think you should be running the marathon. And I looked at him and I said to him, do you understand what you're telling me? I said, do you know how many mornings at 4.30 in the morning I have woken up to do my runs? I've run this many run this and this many long runs and this many short runs. Yeah. And I said, I don't care if I'm crawling across the finish line. I <laughs> am making myself get over the finish line. And then I rested and I, my, my leg started to feel better. Yeah. And I did run that race. I think it was like a four, ten, I don't even remember what I ran, like a four something. And it was pretty quick, but I remember like really dying at the end, coming home to my house in uh, Brooklyn and just sitting on the floor with tons of, uh, what is it, like the mineral ice? Yeah. And like shaking with like salt. blankets and like heating pads. I didn't know what to do. I was a mess. And then I just couldn't run after oh, that for God. a while. Did it end up being broken? Like yeah, yeah, I couldn't. I, I was. I had to stay off that? of it. Um, yeah, I couldn't do anything for a while. That goes with the marathon high and then below. <laughs> and then here's the question. Then, so most people have the marathon as a bucket list item. You do it once. You did it on a broken leg. Why do you sign up for forty? Ah, uh, yes. Um, okay, so insanity is the definition of insanity, right? Is that you just keep doing the same yeah. thing over and over and over again? <laughs> Um, exactly. uh, what happened was, is that I think when I finished the first marathon, I, I was like, oh my God, I couldn't believe like, and every, like, uh, of course my brother was there with his kids because he didn't think I was going to be able to do it and my family. And it was just like, I, I would say it's like one of those days, like at least the first marathon that you do, especially in New York city, it's like, it's up there with mm -hmm. the wedding day, with having a baby. It's like one of those very special moments in time that you have for yourself. Nobody could take it away from you. And then Definitely. I think what happened is like, you know, you're doing marathons and running and races. It's like you make this goal for yourself and you work so hard. And then all of a sudden it's like you come home and you get this medal and like, now what? It's like, now what? Now and, what? and everybody that's a runner or that understands what I'm saying could totally agree with me. It's like the minute you get home and like mm. you forget about the pain, it's like, well, what, where's the next race? What am I doing? And said, you know, I want to do this again next year. This is amazing. So then, of course, by that time, I was like, now I'm getting a little smarter. You know, I'm doing the New York Roadrunners. I'm doing the nine races. I'm doing the plus one. I'm getting in the mm. races. And then, you know, and it became like, wait a minute. I feel like I could do one and then I maybe could do another one. And then I just started doing like the New York City marathons like every consecutive year. And then realizing that, wait a minute. Philadelphia is like right after New York and I'm like already halfway trained like I could do this you know and and I don't have to like leave my yeah. you know we can make it a family trip so you like my medals I know you came to my party when I finished all my 50s so if you look at the medals it's just like funny because it's like 
you know, one year and then the next year and then the next year. And then all of a sudden it's like, all of a sudden it starts building and building and building. <laughs> so I think in the beginning I thought like, oh, okay, I'll do one a year, you know. Exactly. Just buy exactly. So then easy. I think it just started to be like one, I could do another. And in the beginning, I don't think it was a goal of actually doing 50. It's not until I probably started you know, one after the other, I can't even remember how it happened. It probably, it probably was a story like I was running the New York City Marathon with a friend or a niece or a net, you know, something like that. I really wasn't running it for mm. myself. And then I decided, oh, I could run Philly because I didn't really run myself for myself. And then I ran Philly and then I'm like, where could I go next? And where could I go next? And where could I go next? And then I remember having one day I w- woke up and I said, you know, how cool would it be if I could run in all 50 states? But then I realized, like, that's no way going to work out. <laughs> I, yeah. You know, I have my four kids. I got to be a mom. I have my husband, my family, you know. And then, like, every time you want to run to someone's wedding, you can't go, you know. That's right. Exactly. So then the realistic goal became, you know, I could do 50 marathons, you know, if I'm doing the same ones that are close by. Mm-hmm. And the goal came to run the majors, because I couldn't run the 50 states. So I said, if I can't run the 50 states, then I'm going to run the major. I'll do the major. And have you uh, checked yeah. that one off? Yeah. Wow. And what was your favorite? Hi, gosh. Well, I, I got to say, huh. you know, each place, when you run, each place is like a different journey and a different story. Um, you know, for me, the New York City Marathon, when you get to the starting line, there's nothing like it in the world, but getting to the starting line is a marathon and it's an absolute disaster. <laughs> you know, I mean, I've done it every way. I've Definitely. slept in Staten Island. I took in the ferry. I slept in the city. I left from my house, you know, no good way to get mm-hmm. there. So Chicago and it's like, you walk, leave your hotel, you walk out the door and you're just at the starting line. So like, and then that race has mm-hmm. so much energy, just like New York. Um, Berlin was interesting. It was millions of spectators and no one screaming. Um, so it was interesting. Um, London was very laid back. Okay. I ran that one in the rain, but it was pretty, pretty laid back. And told me, and it's, I think it's the truth. It's, uh, Boston was the gift. Boston, Boston is the gift for doing Double. the PR and getting your time. And Boston, it's just like, I want to finish it. So to me, I'll mm-hmm. never forget. I think I was standing at the starting line and it was like, it was the Boston, like it was a hundred degrees. They were giving numbers back to people for mm-hmm. the next year because it was dangerous and I got to the starting line and I had looked wow. at someone and she looked at me and I'm like could you believe we're running it's a hunch you could literally fry an egg on the street that's how hot it was and mm-hmm. she looked at me and she's like she looked the gift and I was like this is this it is, is the gift. gift you know Boston's the one I guess that people, you really work to get to the other ones you can you can exactly. find your way in but to get into Boston and to run Boston yeah it's pretty earn. interesting but I time the first race I had like a coach that would really I could say, you could say he was a coach, but he wasn't like, uh, you know, on top of me as much, you know, he would send me things. And then the next year I, you know, I think I was talking with Bobby Dweck and then he introduced me to coach Kane and I'll never forget when I told him, like, I think I want to run a race and then another one and another one. And he never told me that I couldn't do it. Um, and I have to say, like, he definitely did help me get through all the races, you know, running, how to train 
let's say in the very beginning, you know, how many times I had broken legs. I was in summers with boots. I never thought I was going to be able to run again. Um, I have to say with um, Coach Kane, like he always was able to like, if I told him like, you know, Coach Kane, I, I was reading something. I think I only want to run three days a week. And he's like, Adela, I don't know if that's a good idea. And I'm like, no, can we try it? I, mm-hmm. you know, he would never tell me like, I don't think this is a good idea. You know, I, I feel like he was always willing to work with me and understood my lifestyle. And, you know, That's I think great. you could fit running into really any kind of lifestyle, you know, and, and working with, I guess, working with the coach, but also just going through so many races. I'm sure when you towards the beginning, there were definitely and it seemed like there were attempts to continue to push For the sure. time and you came into races with goals. But towards the end, um, when we spoke, I think about a year ago, you mentioned how, like, I need to get to these 50 I'm going to complete them. And like your family was there and you had yeah. people running with you. So what was the shift like? At what point did you realize I'm here to finish these and just love the process of running marathons versus I'm here to train and crush right. so specific goals? I think at the very beginning, um, I didn't know anything really about running. I mean, I didn't even have a Garmin. Could you imagine I ran my first marathon without a Garmin? Um, There's so, a few people um, who've done that. I, 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 you know, the first time I went out there, I was like, you know, I want to go love the city. I want to enjoy this moment. Um, it was an incredible feeling. I didn't even know about like checking times. I really wasn't into splits. I wasn't into all of that stuff. And then I think years like come very like, I guess you could say you like it sucks you in. It just sucks you in where like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like, you, you know, hole. you only could talk about running. You only the only thing you want to do is run. You know, you counting calories to figure out how much calories you need for the run. And so I started becoming like very into the running. And then it was like, oh, my God, I think I can qualify for Boston. You know, let me get to the race that I could qualify for Boston. And mm-hmm. I, I guess I went through this whole thing. And then once I, I did like the Boston and I got the times and I was starting to realize that like, I kept getting like the 340, 341, 342. After a while, I was like, you know, it was great. And I got, I did what I wanted to do. And I completed this goal of like getting certain paces down and running at a certain pace. And I was realizing like, as my kids were getting older, I was having fun with this. You know, we could travel the world. Mm-hmm. And if I don't care about the times and I just could enjoy being in the moment of where I am and enjoying the vacation with my kids. I mean, it is a great excuse to get away. I mean, if you could go back and ask my kids and my husband how many places we've been that you would never think that we would be at, you know? At that point, I did like a a kind of a shift in my mind where I said, you know, I can't get caught up in all of this anymore. I've done it all. My dad once told me the best thing. He said, Adele, Nike's not paying you to run. And he's right. (laughs) So I said, you know, I'm, I'm going to take this opportunity to, you know, this moment where I feel healthy and fit and that I could, you know, go all over and see different places and enjoy the race. And, you know, there was a point where like the week before the race, you know, we would get into bed and I wouldn't go anywhere and I wouldn't go out. I mean, the friends mm-hmm. that I have that know I was out with them for dinner till 1130 and waking up for a race the next morning at six you know, so well, that's unheard I had of, a lot of way. plenty of unheard nights of. like that. So it's a change. I think that I said, I want to like, try to enjoy these moments. I mean, and I've taken my daughter to Tokyo. We went to Berlin. 
we went to, uh, I mean, I went away for winter vacation to Hawaii. I stuck, snuck out of the house and ran a half marathon and came back. Um, yeah. Um, oh, we I went love that. To, you know, I ran San Francisco. I ran um, San Diego. I mean, I took them to the San Diego. I, I ran the marathon and then we went to the San Diego Zoo. So like, I feel like the places that mm. we've been to and I mean, Chicago, how many times they've gotten to go to Chicago. I, I don't know if I would have went to Chicago, you know, seems like you found a way to turn like your running into like the, exactly. the whole family exactly. experience. And uh, yeah, that so was special. pretty cool. And then, you know, uh, and having my family involved with it all and them watching me, uh, you know, people don't know this, but I, I think when my son, I finished one race and he was talking to me and he's like, uh, he said something to me, like, what would I want? And I said, you know, Jack, I would really want you to experience one race with me. Cause I think it's just an incredible experience. And he's like, okay. And he's I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, okay. I'll do it with you. <laughs> so, um, wow. Yeah. I don't actually, think he knows Jack what he finished signed two up marathons for. <laughs> low key. He doesn't really talk about it. <laughs> really? But, uh, yeah, that is not no, on his no, Instagram no. page. Um, actually one, uh, we did together with another uh, friend of mine and her son and we ran Chicago and we really just were there to help each other. And we got through the race. It wasn't really for time. And then um, we went to LA and he had a number and we were starting at the Dodger stadium. And I'm like, how could you not come and start? And then we ended up, um, we ended up running and at mile 13, uh, my friend Cindy jumped in and Jack was like, I got to get off the course. I don't feel good. He didn't train at all. And then we ended up, I ended up walking over to the side. There was a man in a wheelchair. He couldn't push his wheelchair anymore. And so me, Cindy and Jack, you know, pushed him all the way to the finish line while we were running. Yeah. We have stories. Wow. So what is your most, that's a very crazy experience. What's your most memorable experience you think marathon what comes um, to mind there's plenty of things but i think one of the funniest the one of the funniest stories is um i went to boston to run the boston marathon on monday and at the time the year before mm. was the boston bombing so i wasn't planning to run boston that year i had missed the boston marathon um by 20 seconds and i didn't get in which is uh you know, oh my. I mean, nothing is a coincidence, I guess. I don't know. Maybe it was. So I wasn't able to run Boston that year. So now all of our friends decided that together we were going to go to London. And I was sitting for lunch with my mm-hmm. friends for one of my friend's birthdays. And my mother calls me up screaming to Monday. She's like, where are you? Do you see what's going on in the news? There's a bombing in Boston. Uh, the marathon, this, that. I was like, okay, ma. She's like, you're not going to London. You're not going to London. And I was supposed to leave to London, I think Wednesday or Thursday to run the marathon on mm-hmm. Sunday. So, I mean, you could imagine how I felt. Like I trained for this marathon. It's my major, it's on my bucket list, you know? And mm-hmm. my mother is yeah. like, you're not going. No, they didn't catch the bomber. Who knows if he's going to bomb London now? I don't want you going. I don't want you going. So at the time, me and my sister were going with my, all my friends and me and my sister decided we were going to lose all our money and we're going to just stay back. My kids were getting nervous. My Jody was getting nervous. So I didn't go. And the next year I said, okay, I made it in the Boston qualifying time. And then I could go straight to London. Mm-hmm. But if anybody knows the races. Back exactly. to back. It's six days. So <laughs> I go to Boston. <laughs> I run the marathon. And now I have London and, and 
I was like, all right, I'm going to do this because I, I couldn't do it the year mm-hmm. before. And you never forget, mm-hmm. I, my mother comes with me to London because I, you know, I, I said, I want to take somebody with me. So I take my mom with me and we go pick up my race number and we're in the mm-hmm. expo. And everybody that's run Boston knows that when you run Boston, nobody wants the medal. Everybody just wants a jacket. So it's great. I have the 2020 jacket, oh, but see. the race didn't happen. It's not so, fun. Yeah, the, the, the jacket <laughs> is like the coat of arm. You know, it's like the thing to have. So we get to the, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the expo. My mom, you know, by now she knows running this, that. So she looks at me and she says, oh, my God, Adele, you know, you're not the only crazy one. All these people ran Boston, too. And it just happens <laughs> that Adidas had like um, sponsored Boston and London. So they had almost the identical jacket and oh. it was very cute. But. Yes, I ran Boston and then flew That's to, amazing. I, no, I, I drove to Boston, ran Boston, came home on Tuesday, flew out on Wednesday or Thursday, went to London, ran London on Sunday and came home. Pretty Incredible. decent times too. Amazing. Races and I guess, especially doing back-to-back races, there must be moments where, as everyone experiences a marathon, there's self-doubt, hardship, and you just look at yourself and you're like, why Always. and how am I doing this? So what were some of the tougher moments you've had and how did you get yourself um, okay, so through those? I think every single race, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Meb. I don't care who you are. Um, you have those moments in a race because, I mean, if you're pushing hard and you're working hard, it, it, it's tough. These races are tough. You know, you, miles are humbling mm-hmm. and it's not easy. So a lot of times I, in my head, I always think about like, I don't ever want to give up. Um, I don't. I don't want my kids to ever see me giving up unless I have to. I mean, there's something that you know it's very important to me that like when I start something, I, I need to finish it, um, unless you know there's a major catastrophe mm-hmm. and I can't do it. But um, you know, unless something happens and you know those most thing is that like knowing that when I'm done, who's going to be waiting there at the finish line for me and they're expecting me there and I am going to get myself there. And trust me, I ran, I went to San Diego and I also at that time also had a broken leg. I ended up, you know, finishing and I had a wheelchair. Somebody was wheeling me in a wheelchair and I hitchhiked with somebody to drive me to my hotel. That's how much in pain I was. Um, Wow. And I never forget, I called, I was at mile six or seven. I saw my parents and my kids and I said, you know, I I don't think I'm going to make it. I think I'm just going to walk the rest of the race. And I walk the whole entire race. I walked. I would not give up. I would. And it was the most excruciating, painful experience of my life. I crossed the finish line. I went into a wheelchair. I I found two men. I don't even know who, where they were from. Like God sent them. They were talking to me. I'm like, please, could you, I couldn't even have the energy to like get into a taxi at this point. I think I ran like a seven hour marathon. I mean, walked, I walked the whole thing. Um, Finished. And I, I came home and what, I was in a boot for the whole summer. Tell yourself for seven hours of walking. Like every time your mind's like, you see a tent, you see a water station, you see someone sitting on the side. How do you um, keep pushing through I don't that? Know. I, I don't know. I think it's a mindset thing. I, I don't know. I don't know. And I think about it like mile by mile, like one mile at a time, you know? I don't know. One mile at a time. <laughs> Definitely. One mile at a time. One mile at a yeah. time. I, I think that's an important message for everyone, yeah. especially when there's 26.2. One mile at a time. And, you know, every time I go to a race, I always say, like, I don't care how good I'm feeling. I don't care what it is. This race is not starting till I get to mile 20. It's just not. 
So I could feel great. I could feel great. And, you know, I get to mile 20 and I'm like beat up. And then I just say to myself, okay, like this one's not for me, you know, get to mile 20 and I'm going to be like, (laughs) I could do this, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's hard when you're running these races and like you're, you have a goal set in mind and then you realize that you're not going to make the goal. And it's almost like you're, you you just can't believe how did this happen? And then you like, while you're running, you're trying to like go back at like all the moments and like say, oh, you know, Coach Kane told me I should do the, you know, I should run slow in the beginning and then run fast. But mm-hmm. I'm like, can I trust myself? Am I going to be able to do it? I don't know if I could do it. And then running, it's like there is a moment of defeat. You you you've been defeated, but you have to keep going. <laughs> there's still some sense. Exactly. I mean, there's still a huge sense of exactly. accomplishment. And you know, the only person that you know you've defeated is yourself. And if you don't finish it, it's like, you know, nobody else really cares or knows, you know, when you cross that finish line, everyone's cheering, whether you're six hours because I've been there or you're, mm-hmm. you know, two hours, you know, it's better, you know, I think that's something special about like having spectators on the side of marathons. So, I, I mean, I've done three marathons and I always say the nicest one for me was New York City. It's because there's a million exactly. people chanting your name that don't know you. The best parade there's ever. There's like something so emotional about all these people. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's the biggest block party in New York yeah, City sure, and, and sure. you definitely feel it. Uh, I'd like to tap into a little bit at what you spoke about, about having family oh and friends at your races. So at your 50th race, your friends surprised you at different miles and ran parts of the race with you yeah can you tell us a little um, bit about I'll tell that, you how I got that to meant to you because um, sudden all these races started to like pile up and pile up and I was on the phone um with my friend Michelle Levy and I'm like Michelle you know I think I'm at my I think I'm at 46 and she's like you better run the New York City Marathon this year and you better that'll be 50th and I'm like what? That's going to be my 50th. And then she sat with me on the phone and like, she's like, okay, you're running here. You're running here. You're running here. You're running here. And then you're running the New York city marathon. And this is all within three months. And I'm like, okay, yeah, you think I could do this? Okay. Yeah. I I, I think I could do this. And I remember I, one of my races, I think you were running the same day I was running in San Francisco, uh, in San San Francisco that day. Um, Years. I have to say that the running and my friends and the people I've made and the, it's a very, I mean, whoever's a runner, they know that like the, the, the bonds that you make on when you run together, I mean, especially, you know, the girls, it's very different than the boys. I think, you know, the boys, like they run from work, they run to girls. Really. We have to make time in between all the things that are going on, you know, with all different thing. And we have to figure out a way and, you know, we're all not running on the same pace. Um, sometimes we have to say like, okay, I'm not going to be running at my pace, but you know, would I rather be running with a friend than be running alone at my pace? So, you know, there are sacrifices when you do run with friends, but at the same time, I think the reward is so much greater. 50th marathon, I remember um, my friend Irish Allen, you know, I've been running with her for so many years. She said to me, Adele, you can't do your 50th marathon far away because we all can't get there. How are we going to get there? You know, we all want to come. We all want to. And so, exactly. So she logistically set up the race where at every single mile I don't I think the only time I was at without a person was from when I went across the Varitano Bridge I mean every single mile I didn't know who was going to be where but at every there was somebody there the whole time and I mean my friends husbands like they don't even know how to run (laughs) 
<laughs> they were running with me. Like, I mean, it was it was the most incredible feeling. I remember running up First Avenue and I just started to cry. I couldn't believe. And like my friends that were supposed to only run one mile with me ended up running six miles with me. And like, it was just one oh. of those moments where you just step back and you just say like, you know, look at all these people that have impacted my life and all from just this one thing with running that we all have this love for running. And it was just like a very, very really humbling and special moment that, you know, all these people were going to wake up and, you know, whoever's a spectator knows that it's harder to be a spectator than to be a runner. <laughs> you know, so like I speak to my, my yeah. husband and he sometimes is like, you're tired. I think I ran 26 miles chasing after you all over the city, you know? Parents say the same thing at every race. They say their exactly, logistics are exactly. definitely harder so, than um, So, you know, for them getting all over the city, um, almost like a take my breath away moment, you know? I have to say, like, my mm-hmm. the marathon right before my 50th marathon, it was my 40th birthday. And Jody always said he's going to do a marathon with me. He's going to do a marathon with me. He's going to do a marathon with me. And I think he started to get nervous because, you know, all of a sudden all these races are coming and he's like, I got to do one. So... <laughs> The day of my actual 40th birthday, we both went together and he completed a marathon with me, although he walked most of it. Um, uh, yeah, we both did Binghamton and that was my 49th marathon. Yeah. It was special. Feeling when you crossed that line in New York City, the first time versus the <sighs> 50th. You know, race. like when first marathon, everything is new. Everything is new. You know, you can tell you, oh, when you get off of the bridge, you're going to hear the screaming, but you don't really actually know what it's like until you do it. So I think there's something special about the first marathon Mm -hmm. that you'll never be able to, you know, create. That it's just something very special. And by the last marathon, it's like, I can't believe I'm in the place where I began. I'm finishing. I'm you know, I, mm-hmm. in the beginning of the phone call, I had told you, like, I started running and finished running. Like, I started, if you could imagine, like a baby running, and I finished like a baby running. So when I started running, I had no Garmin. <laughs> I was just running because I loved it. I didn't know anything about Boston qualifying or times. I just was wanted to finish the race. And then through all those 48 marathons in between, I went through the Garmin, the splits, the shoes, the clothes, the gels, the running, the not running, the training, the overtraining, mm. the undertraining. And then by the time I got I'm to my it. last few marathons, I literally took my Garmin off my hand and no, I'm just going to run because I love running. And it's just a fun thing to do on a Sunday morning. You know, it's funny 100%. to see the, you know, how you, you go through life and how you begin and how you end something. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm going to end. I mean, we'll see. But after the New York City Marathon, after number 50, at your celebration party, you, I remember you turning to me and saying, <laughs> so are we doing Chicago next year? <laughs> I was like, what? We ju- My legs are tired. Yeah, we just yeah, finished yeah. the race so two crazy. hours ago. Um, that know me, they, they know. I mean, I ran marathons and then went to a wedding that night. <laughs> just went to a wedding. Um, I, I guess I just go it. from goal to goal to goal. I mean, I wish there was something to run now. There isn't. Um, I'm just trying to walk. Yeah. You know, later in my life, I found out that I have like this, these extra bones mm. on my knees that are pulling the tendon. 
And when I went to the doctor, he's like, you know, Adele, you're going to eventually need knee surgery. I don't even know how you ran all these races. You know, my God, I better save my knees. I have to run these races. And so I just started Mm -hmm. to walk a lot because I said, I just need to keep fit. And then when I get to the starting line, I'll run. (laughs) I did. And that's what I do. I don't even, I don't even train anymore. It's a crazy thing. You know, uh, before I ran the New York City Marathon for my 50th marathon, the last mar- the last time I ran was on my birthday, September 22nd. This marathon. And then the race, and the last time I ran before that I guess was that's the what they marathon. call lifetime fitness. <laughs> this is yeah, a, a great lesson for everyone, myself included, that, no, it's okay to take one rest day. If you can go between marathons oh, without sure. running, I can take off a Tuesday of, here and there. Multiple days in a row. Yeah. Yeah, and I, friends were a very big part of my Definitely. running. Um, my friend Cindy Gindy, she called me. I don't think she missed one marathon morning. She called me every single morning before a marathon. Um, going through all the races and seeing how even New York has evolved over the time. I remember I, I didn't know anything about races. And mm-hmm. at the time, uh, Sarah Franco, she was, you know, she was a runner. She's run ma- marathons and she was just, you know, I'm going to take you to the marathon to the start to the morning. I was like, okay. And at this time, you know, I'm thinking I'm like a runner. It's like, I ran two races already. And you know, she took me to the starting line. We were at the Mm -hmm. line with the elite women, you know, one off and we started running. So, you know, how the races have evolved with so many people and, you know, all the different corrals and time starts. It used to not be like that. Running used to just be, it seems like it got a little bit more complicated these days. It's harder to navigate. So it's it's really special the way you say that running's helped you connect with friends and, and that aspect. But I also know, just knowing you, that you've also used running as a way to get very involved with different organizations and within the community. Um, totally. So I, I talk maybe about you could that. talk a little bit we about that. We have funny stories. And um, what that's So, meant. you know, I started running and then, you know, I, I do like to try to help out when I can. So Iris Shalom, she was uh, heading uh, Disney Marathon, Half Marathon. Funny side note is that me and Iris went to do the Disney half marathon the year before SBH started going because I, yeah, it was funny. I, we were walking around the really? expo. I had taken my kids to the expo and I, or maybe I didn't take them. I don't remember, but I came home with a paper that says Disney half marathon in March. And Betty, my daughter, she was young at the time and she looked at it and she says, oh, it's my birthday. And I said, it's your birthday. So you want to go to Disney? So Iris is like, Iris is always into Disney. So she came and I went and we took the kids and we did the race on, the, on Betty's birthday. And yeah, it was funny. But and Iris um, so was uh, the head coach and she said, Adele, do you want to be a trainer? And I said, you know, I would love to. So, you know, I started to train all these young kids that, you know, ended up becoming, they become your best friends. And um, the weekend was over mm-hmm. and it was the most incredible weekend you know, very first years of the Disney half marathon. And we were on the bus coming home mm-hmm. in the air, going to the airport. And Michelle Levy was sitting with me on the bus. And I looked at Michelle. And at the time, my son, Jack, and her son, Ellie, were in high school, but they were only in ninth grade. And I said, this is so unfair. You know, I feel so bad. Like, our kids can't experience this for another two years. And me and Michelle looked at each other. And I'm like, you know, Michelle... We're going to take care of this when we get back. You know, we have to figure out a way for the younger kids in high school to have a weekend or something. And, you know, me and Michelle, we say we're yin and yang. And so I just like boss her around and then she gets all the stuff done. 
So the next thing I knew, I'm sitting in Charles Anthony's <laughs> office and we're like, we have to figure out a way mm-hmm. for there to be, you know, the ninth and the 10th graders to be able to run, you know, have this special weekend. And there, you know, a car with me and Sally and my sister Effie, Michelle and Charles. And it was an epic, most memorable car ride we ever had. We drove all around and we found that's how the Disney Junior Half Marathon was born. The Junior Weekend in the Poconos. And um, yeah, and so, you know, me and Michelle like spearheaded that for a few years. And then I said, you know, this is time for, you know, other people to you know, things, but yeah, that was, that was a pretty amazing moment. And that first year when we saw all the kids come and it was a life-changing experience, even for them, you know, it was special, something very special, you know, that was a very special, I I actually remember being there. Um, So I was on the first one. It was the first race I'd ever run and I passed out at the finish line. (laughs) I was probably running back and forth. That's what I do best. So I guess technically New York was 51 then. (laughs) What does it mean to be able to take something you love, like running, and being able to pair it, though, with something a, that you, know, you love, like giving the back? The best gift in life is to give back. Um, there's nothing better in the world. I don't care who you are and what you have. And sometimes, you know, realize that you could give back just by giving time, your time, because time is something that you can't put a price on it. So the amount of time that I gave and we all gave. There's so many, you know, so many people, you know, Parkway runners that have donated their time running with people. And that gift, and when you see people that never think they're going to be able to finish something, that actually finish it and being able to push them. And, you know, you know they hate you while you're doing it, but at the end they love you. Um, it's, it's a very special feeling. It's, you know, they you can't you. really put that into words. Like, sure. and, no, you know, that's, that's really I'll special. never forget, and... I came home from the Disney um, marathon, half marathon one year. And, you know, my friend's husband was sitting with us at dinner and he's like, oh, Adele, I got the SBH book with everybody's times. I'm so confused. I said, so confused. He's like, what took you so long to run the half marathon? And I was like, oh, God, I'll never <laughs> understand. But like, every time I got to mile 13, I went back to mile yeah. 12. Then I went back to mile 13 unless you're there and you actually experience mm. what it is to be like helping people along you get it you know sure so all your experience there are a lot of people listening to this who have either never done a race or have never completed a marathon or a certain distance what's your best um, advice my for best advice timer? is first of all never say never um, is a way to finish everything if you want to do it you have to have the will um you know getting a buddy or a friend to help you or to be there to support you you know it's it's a hard thing I mean, people people are interested in people want to hear about and when people what people are not interested in they just don't want to hear about so you got to find somebody that you know the same goal as you and if you have that goal together and you know you could be accountable with someone else it makes it much easier i think i always say this i don't care who you are I, if you live in New York City, you know, running the New York City Marathon is something that is just a once in a lifetime. It's a, something that will change your life. It will change so much about your life. You meet people at the starting line. I mean, I was going mm. from race to race to race and I would see the same crazy people every single week. I mean, like we were making friends because <laughs> I was at Atlantic City and then the next week I was in Philadelphia and then we would see the same people. Um, don't be embarrassed about times. I think that a lot of people get caught up in their time. 
Um, body is not made to run a three hour marathon. That's why they're winners. And that's why the people that are getting paid, you know, if you do this because, you know, you enjoy something and you enjoy mm. time together, or, you know, this is your time to meditate, whatever it is. I think that you have to get off of the high horse of like, you know, I'm three hour marathon tomorrow. It, it, it may happen for you. It may not, but there's nothing wrong with just going mm. out there. And, you know, so many races in so many different ways, you know, I've, I remember I, my PR in New York, I was running and bought, next to me the whole time was this girl running and every mile she was walking for like a minute, two minutes. And then we finished at the same exact time. And it made me realize like, you see, there's a method to everyone's madness, you know, and there, you know, we all have different ways. So then I was like, mm-hmm. no, maybe I should do that. And so I started walking and running when I did marathons now, but I don't think there's anything to be embarrassed about, even if, Let's yeah. say, you know, there is the run walk method, you know, train three days, which I've done and I've ran my best races that way, you know, then there's the run five days, six days a week, you know, you have to pick what's good for you. But I don't, I think that everybody should start small, definitely start small and you work your way up, but, um, you got to start small. You got to start somewhere. You got to start at a 5k and then you got to work up to 10k and then you got to work up to half and then do a few halves, get those under your belt, you know? all the people that you know have been there before Definitely. because i have to say like a lot of my friends and help each other you know oh i went here before this yeah. is what you should do this is what you shouldn't do um you know uh jeffrey we yeah. had a joke we used to have this thing before the marathon and it was called everything but the kitchen sink god did you did i ever send you that oh, it's very funny so um no had, you haven't um, that's great we had this thing of like all the runners at the time and it was like everything that you should bring to the beginning of the start line of the New York City Marathon. And it was called, and everybody that run knows, it's called Everything But the Kitchen Sink. And in there was like a list of a compiled list over the years of like things that people thought helpful to bring to the race. I'll send it to you. I have to find the email. It's oh, got man, music down in there, but yeah, it's fun. Well, this has been really fun. The final request I'm going to have is if you can share the picture of the medal so everyone can see what it means yes. to go on the 16-year yes, marathon yes. journey you For did. sure, for sure. And I People hope there'll be, be more inspired to come. By that. But for right now, I'm just going to keep walking. <laughs> After all that, it feels like we barely even touched the surface of Adele's vast marathon stories and wisdoms. I, for one, walked away with a ton of valuable life lessons from her experiences. I hope to find ways to make my running a more meaningful part of my life and to incorporate friends and family in a more tangible way. Adele is an open book, so the next time you need race tips or just want a great story, you can reach out to her at Adele LeBose on Instagram. As always, I welcome any feedback and recommendations. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Voices of Ocean Parkway or to shoot us an email at voicesofoceanparkway at gmail.com. Next week's guest will be Jessica Matthews. Until then, this is the Voices of Ocean Parkway hoping to catch you on the roads of OP soon.